The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Welcome. Welcome to our meditation together. I think that there's something very profound, I believe there's something very profound when people meditate together, even if it's spread out across the globe and somehow coming together here with this uh, kind of online magic. One of the, I think, radical aspects of this practice we do that uh, I think it can be it can be, if we really understand it, very fundamental and make a world of difference, a whole different shift in how we practice and even how we live our lives. And that is to understand this simple principle that there's always only two things happening. That's it. There is what's happening and then there's our relationship to what's happening. And of course, what's happening can be many manifold, all, you know, conclude everything that happens. But then every moment, <clears throat> how do we <clears throat> then choose to meet that? How do we choose to respond to that? How do we choose to relate to what now is happening? And it's in that relationship where, that we have some choice in that the Dharma has found. And so the goal of Dharma practice is simplistically said to discover a radical uh, experience of non-clinging. Every moment we can find a way of relating to what's happening without clinging. Even if we're clinging, if that's what's happening, we are then relating, we are then interpreting, having commentary, having judgments, having reactions, having a choice with the clinging that has arisen. It's possible to see that, to know that, to relate to that with non-clinging, even if it's just for a moment. So that's a simple way of talking about this, what I think is a radical idea. And uh, every moment we have, we have, we have the opportunity to uh, choose to have simple mindfulness, just simply to know what's there. The next moment there might be more clinging, there might be more difficulties that arise for sure. And, um, and it isn't that we need to judge ourselves or criticize ourselves for it. Once it's arisen, it's just an arisen phenomenon. If it already appears, it's almost like we're not, we don't have to take responsibility for it or we don't have to be weighed down by it if it has appeared. All we have to be do as Dharma practitioners is to then see now, see the place of practice, but how do I relate to it now? What's the wise relationship to it? And the two things I'll offer is that we, we um, don't cling to it. Don't be for or against it. Don't cling, don't push it away. Don't resist it. Don't hold on to it. Um, to hold it in awareness. Be mindful of it. But be mindful in a way that then, you know, the next thing will arise. 
and it's there, and then we meet that with the same quality. This is a way of practicing so that the goal of practice, freedom, is found in the means. The means is there with our relationship to things. And that is a radical thing. That is a revolutionary thing to really understand the choice we have, not in what's happening necessarily, and moment by moment what's arising, but then in the next moment how we respond to it. And, um, and not being hung up on any response which is not our choice, that just automatic pilot or something, we as practitioners are constantly finding the place where we have some choice in how we relate. We relate with mindfulness, with awareness, with non-clinging. So to take a meditation posture in which (coughs) you are choosing a posture that has a certain, can we say even dignity, the dignity of freedom. The uprightness of being a person who has some choice to be here in an embodied way, a rightful way, that we can be here taking our place in this world without any kind of belittling ourselves or short-changing ourselves, to be here metaphorically in an upright way and perhaps gently closing your eyes and choosing to offer a gentle, caring attention to your body, to scan through your body and relax and soften the places of holding, a kind of physical clinging. And if it doesn't relax, it's completely okay but to soften the muscles around the eyes, letting the eyes rest in their sockets. To soften the scalp around the temples. Maybe as you exhale, softening the cheeks and the jaw Relaxing around the mouth. Softening in the shoulders. Shoulders that for many of us will do so much work through the day the work of clinging, work of holding, work of being afraid, 
giving the shoulders a chance to rest. Softening in the chest. Perhaps letting the heart be at ease. Softening in the belly, letting the belly hang forward or sink down. If you're able to make the belly sink down and relax, sometimes there's a kind of lowering of the body's weight in the torso, down towards the pelvic area. Maybe even to a more stable, solid base. And relaxing the muscles of the legs, the thighs, especially around the knees. And then ever so gently so that your back rib cage and front rib cage both kind of expand. Take a few longer and deeper breaths, gentle, deep breaths, maybe down into your belly. And as you do so, if it works for you, can you adjust your spine a little bit? so that your spine is a little bit more upright, a little bit more alert, that your spine, your back, little bit expresses a confidence of being here now. And finally, see if you can relax the mind any pressure or tension in the brain area where you think, softening the mind. But then also with the mind, Gather it together so there's a kind of intentionality and uprightness in the mind, an orientation in the mind to be clearly aware of what's happening. Kind of a gathering together, orienting of the mind, Some people call it a focusing of the mind. That the mind is going to be happily, contentedly, hopefully, but determinedly involved in the choice of how we relate to experience. And you might begin that choice with your breathing. 
and to choose an open, receptive, attentive awareness that rests with the experience of breathing, allows breathing to be whatever way it is. An orientation to experience the breathing without any clinging, just open awareness of breathing. And if something else arises, it just means that this is now, now this is happening and you have a choice of how to relate to it. See if you can relate in a way that has no clinging, where perhaps non-clinging and mindfulness occur together.
when your mind does wander off, don't first come back to being mindful. First come back to establishing a relationship to what has just happened that is freeing, that is satisfying. Recognize what's happening without clinging. Remember what your relationship, that part of the practice, that makes the biggest difference even before you start back with mindfulness.
Let yourself be at ease with how things are. Having a relationship of non-clinging is almost the same as having ease. It's okay to let things be, not pick them up, not cling, not push away. It's okay to be free and let them exist in the field of your mindfulness, field of awareness.
And then as we come to the end of the sitting, <clears throat> to have the freedom and the ease to choose how we relate to whatever is arising in the moment gives us hopefully an easy opportunity, an easeful opportunity to relate to others with care, with sensitivity and respect, with valuing all people, and to relate to them with kindness and care and goodwill. To take the time to allow the eyes of the heart, eyes of love, to gaze upon others with appreciation, with goodwill, with compassion. And so that what might arise from inside of us is a desire to practice, live for the benefit of self and others, for the welfare of self and others for the freedom of self and others. And may it be that it is our heart's aspiration, our heart's wish, that all beings be happy, that all beings be safe, that all beings be healthy, that all beings be free of oppression, that all beings be free. <clears throat> <clears throat> 